So my accident happened first day of spring. I was nine years old. It was March 21st, 1999. I didn't wake up for a while. Like, I didn't wake up for two weeks. And, and I woke up in ICU. I was damaged. I looked down. I was like, fuck, my leg's gone. <laughs> like, it was emotional. And, and it's like, it's either you quit or you just keep going through it. My name is Jackie Marciano. I am a former Paralympic track and field sprinter. And you're watching Undress the Jersey. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Undressed in Jersey. Uh, today's a special episode because we have one of my guys, uh, Jackie, who I worked with at Salties. Um, he's, a, as mentioned, as you just heard, he is a former Paralympic track and field superstar in my eyes, uh, <laughs> as, as we'll soon learn. Um, and excite, an exciting episode today, too, because we're joined by none other than top of the food chain will yeah. welcome, well, welcome to the show uh, oh, guys. you may remember to all my loyal followers um uh episode we did with will um make sure you go check that out up here wherever uh, the link is but uh th this is going to be a fun episode because uh jackie and i were talking a little bit before this um in some ways obviously two completely different people from different places in uh, uh in oh, the country sure. whatever but uh, sim similar upbringings, uh, but the main thing that ties us all together, um, which is obviously what this platform is meant to do, is highlight how sport has affected um, e all of our lives and, and the lessons and whatever into the people we are today. So uh, yeah, Jackie, welcome, welcome to the to the show. It's about time we we got you on here. Um, yeah, I kind of want to get some fears about talking yeah, about it, on it, the it, podcast, it, it, and that's what that's what I want to talk about because I remember. So during the summer, just for context, um, we talked about it. We talked we, about doing it, and then I we backed worked, out. <laughs> we worked at Salty's. Jackie, Jackie was a bartender. I was a server, and obviously, as we all know, uh, sometimes restaurants can get a little dead spot. So you, you talk a lot, and, and yeah. as soon as I I found out that Jackie was one a track and field star, but two a Paralympian, like I'm like okay, immediately there's a story there. I want I want to talk about this. Yeah. You ex you expressed interest to me, but my like my biggest question to kick this off is like what made you hit me up two nights ago saying yo i'm ready <laughs> i listened to a podcast like a joe rogan podcast and i was like thinking about some stuff and then i was just thinking about it that i actually talked about doing it before and i've reached out to other platforms before and we kind of like brainstormed about it and then it just never formulated never kind of like it never happened we would talk about it and no action it was actually like taking place and uh and but then the, also stem, i think that i no go ahead. does that stem from a, like it's fear-based like you're like oh i don't know if i, yeah. I want to share this i didn't like i don't like talking about certain things and i hate talking about myself but i feel yeah. like i've grown over this last little while and uh yeah ready to open up about some stuff will you're will you're uh you're you obviously we share a podcast together top of the food chain so so do you have a little bit of experience but like What's something you could share with Jackie is like, what have you learned about the, this process or the experience of like talking about or sharing parts of your life on platforms? Uh, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's sort of like uh, therapy in a sense. That's what I find it. It kind of is. <laughs> it's, 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 some, some, it's, it's a form of therapy, but it's also a form of kind of, uh, you know, sharing, sharing, like, like you said, your story. Um, with other people that, you know, might listen to something and, and it might help them in a sense, or it might help make something make sense to them that never made sense to them earlier on in their, in their life. So other than that, just uh, be yourself and, and, and enjoy yourself and, and let us, you know, tell your story. The, the, Talk the, to most, us, baby. the easiest part <laughs> is like, there's no, like you can't, be right or wrong you can't do this in an incorrect way because it's you yeah. sharing your own experiences That's um, true. but like yeah let's dive into it give us a little um you already you already mentioned that you're a paralympian track and field yeah so like, what's that mean i ran track and field for canada uh i did it for a number of years i think i was on the national team for like four maybe four and a half years five years and i did it uh my early 20s i stopped uh, before the rio paralympic games 
Uh, I ran sprints, I ran 100, 200, and 400, and I was specialized kind of in the 400. And I also threw javelin because I threw javelin back in high school as well. Mm. And I was a strong thrower. And I was taught like proper mechanics, um, how to do it. And I was strong at it and I qualified for things. So we just kind of did it, but I was really a, a runner. So why track yeah. and field? Why not, why not football or, baseball <laughs> or, or swimming? So I was convinced to get into it. This is like the crazy story of how I got into it. I did sports when I was younger, uh, like started off sports, super young age. I actually loved soccer and baseball. Uh, I wanted to play football, but we were petite guys, me and my brother, extremely fast. My brother played state soccer. He had a scholarship to play state soccer in Massachusetts. And um, we kind of got into like more extreme sports, like my brother skateboarded, we snowboarded, aggressive inline rollerblading. Um, and I would think I was like 20 or 21, but I was actually in Wolfville, Nova Scotia, and I was out for an afternoon jog and a Paralympic coach just happened to drive by. Like literally drove by me, saw me running with shorts on and saw my leg and he just like watched me for a minute and he stopped his car, got out of his car, literally ran after me and I had headphones in. I almost turned around and punched this guy in the face. I, it was very strange, very strange experience. And um, <laughs> he actually like knew my uncle who I was staying with. My uncle was um, an Olympic alternate back in the 76 Olympics for running. And, um, yeah, convinced me to go do a workout with him. And I went and ran times on the track and he was like, yo, like, come, he's like, you can do this. Like, come train with me. Okay. Well, and, well let, let's, let's yeah. get the elephant out of the room because yeah. so a Paralympic define what a Paralympic athlete is because um, like, like if, if I'm like, and, and this is me being just over the top and not trying to, yeah, be yeah. not a lot of people like, know about it. And that's the thing I want to actually explain a little can, bit. Can so I like, be a Paralympic athlete if I don't have, no. if I'm missing a finger? Uh, I don't know about finger hand. Yes. Okay. Um, finger. I'm not a hundred percent sure. There's a lot of like guidelines and stuff like that, but so I am a below the knee amputee. I was in an accident when I was a child, um, struck by a train and I lost the lower portion of my leg. Uh, and I am a T44, so track and 44. So either T or F, if you're doing field events, uh, it's F and they just category it into a number because it makes it easier to like put out the, I don't know, stats okay. or whatever. What is for 44? The stats, what does 44 stand for? It, it's just a number that they gave us. There's all different sequences gotcha. and numbers for different disabilities. Uh, okay. People that have like spina bifida that are in wheelchairs. Gotcha. Uh, there's so many different things. There's gotcha. visually gotcha. impaired people. Um, so it just goes into different classes for okay. the different disabilities, and, but it's and, just the category. And then my question yeah. is, and I, I don't want to stay on this too long because these are just stuff that we can Google search and isn't really about yeah. you, but like, is there age, certain age categories or are you, is it just all grouped in together? It's grouped in all together by disability. Like age categories doesn't matter at all. It's just the athletic performance. Like think right. of like the Olympics and they just group people together that have the same disability. Sure. But I actually competed primarily against like able-bodied people. Like I would just go to track events and I would just whoop people at these track events. Because you were just it's, that good. Well, because the thing is about track, and it's not even that. It's like I would drive for the competition, but you're really racing the clock. You're not uh, like you're staying in your lane and running that sprint. You're not. You're you focus a little bit. You're doing it and competing against these guys because these are the top guys. Mm. But it's like you focus on your own lane. You worry about you. You do you. <laughs> it's like, and then wow. the other guys are just right next to you. But it's like I trained harder. I'm better. It's like I beat you, <laughs> Will. That's that, that sounds like you're your cup of tea, baby. <laughs> I was I was gonna I was gonna jump in and say it's, it sounds like life. It is. It, it sounds is. like it, life a lot. The like track and like I had two amazing coaches um, training, and I had amazing support team around me when I actually like was competing. Uh, Yuli Albert was the guy that discovered me. He's a Paralympic coach, and Michael Baval um head sprints coach at Dow and those are the guys that I primarily trained with um Yuli trained and and trained me and he was more of a middle distance guy and Mike was more of like a pure sprinter guy yeah okay so well, I kind of had the contrast of both and that's why I was good at the four go ahead Will I was just gonna ask uh 
Well, it's going to tie up. It's funny how you said, like, you just worry about yourself despite yeah. uh, racing against able-bodied people. It's, it's primarily ties into like life where it's like people with disadvantages are, it doesn't matter what your disadvantages at the end of the day, it's like where you're trying to get to and, and what are you willing to do? Everyone to has there? a different story and That's, like everyone has different challenges. Like everyone is different. Like everyone has different brain chemistry. Everyone has different chemistry. Everyone's body's different. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that are different in individuals. And it's like, I had a traumatic accident happen to me when I was young. I rebounded from it. Well, uh, like my mother, taught me a lot of things she pushed me pretty hard when i was younger and it just taught me to like believe in myself okay take it's, take us back yeah. take take us back to this like how like i don't even know if i've been close enough to a train to to even think about like getting hurt by it people like, <laughs> so people I, like think whenever they hear this story they think that i'm like crazy all this stuff but even like you grew up in Nova Scotia. There's trains that go through yep. on the Bedford Highway. They go through. Well, I'm from Toronto. That's the hub, baby. That you know, ah, okay, Toronto, yeah, yeah. So you can stand station. next to the you can stand next to the train tracks. Um, mm -hmm. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Like I was born in the United States, and the train system is a huge transportation infrastructure there. There's trolley trains. There's um, there's every type of train. Like you move goods with it and you also move mm -hmm. people with it. So, so take um, us, take us back to the day where you're hanging out with friends. Are you? So it wasn't actually friends. And that's like where it gets like, it gets a little emotional for me to talk about yep. it, but it was a traumatic accident that happened. And, and people there, it was actually my mother and my mother's boyfriend. Okay. And my mom's boyfriend uh, jumped on the train and I just mimicked it and I slipped. Mm. and my mom was there and she watched the event happen so she has like her own emotional damage from it and for sure I, definitely it was like a traumatic experience like for these me. so so the but, this this is like this is the fun part for me and, and not, i'm not trying to say that listening no, or <laughs> you revisiting this is is, is fun it's by not, i've processed it i've you know processed what I mean? it and that's why i feel comfortable sure. talking about it but i, I say like, a long time to process you know what i mean <laughs> but but i people say listen that, to tristan laugh after you say that <laughs> whatever people laugh all the time i laugh about it <laughs> so so but, but let me explain myself because if, this could, if i don't get to say this then it's going to be it's going to be do great. it do it but like the I say that because like, this is a, this is a, a distinct moment where yeah. it's like a life changing moment. And it's not just a life changing moment for you physically or like where you're going to move or your family dynamic, but it's literally, uh, it's a life changing moment that affects what's going on up yeah. here and how you see the world. So, yeah. so a little bit of context to where I want to take this is I was on a call Actually, I just recorded the podcast. It, it's live now for those who are watching this episode um, with Air Institutes, which is a uh, a resilience training company here in Halifax. But yep. but what what they what they do is they just it's like the gym or exercise for your mind. You know, we go as athletes to train our bodies, but yep. what they're trying to do is train the mind. So, yep. in in talking to Kyle about this, he he, he was telling me that there's every day in life there's these little bit of stressors that we, that we deal with which are which which are opportunities to grow or 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 train our mind so if if will you get pulled over and get a a, a ticket a driving a, a car a speeding ticket mm -hmm. that's an opportunity for you to train how, how things are going to happen or how you're going to react to it go ahead jackie don't worry i have people fixing uh, my driver that's all right <laughs> you gave us the go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go for it. Keep going. So and, and and so I was I was telling, you know, my perspective on the conversation with Kyle was how do you recreate these stressors in your life? Like I can go to the gym and say I want to train my body. I can do that whenever I want. I can't just wake up one day and say, I want this traumatic event to happen so I can learn how to build my resilience and I just you can't really do that. And, and the way uh, he, the, the way he described it to me and he was like, man, Tristan, don't worry. Like that's, that's a traumatic event that you can't recreate, but there's, there's so many different opportunities of, of small stressors throughout your day. So like it's raining outside. Oh shit. That's, that's a stress or, or whatever. Yeah. But, 
so so but but in this situation and what i'm trying to get to is you experienced something so stressful and so traumatic i i wanted i want you to take us through the the mental process of how that changed your perspective on life i think that it changed me like dramatically and i think that it was like it's definitely a negative like thing that happened to me but it's also it taught me so much about people about like like you said like resilience um i think like the main thing is that like like oh, sorry sorry to cut you off but just to help you here, for it, yeah. in talking and having a lot of conversations with athletes a lot of conversations with will um a main thing a, a big thing where an opportunity for us to, to have to recreate a, uh, a situation like this is when an athlete gets injured and yeah. you know specifically I always refer back to my guy David Thompson who shared the story of when he tore his ACL and he remembers leaving the hospital saying he, his career's over he's in he's in the he's in the elevator okay. with his mom I know what you mean I know what you mean now. he's in the elevator yeah. with his mom he says mom day one to recovery starts tomorrow this it didn't happen like so so what's it, like boom, it didn't happens. happen like that for me mm -hmm. um it's kind of like almost like a life shift it's like i think about it more so like um so my accident happened first day of spring i was nine years old it was march 21st 1999 uh Air it's where the accident actually happened um and it was like i didn't black out when this happened i vividly remember the whole event until they put me in the ambulance um that's why it was like, dramatic for me to talk about like mm -hmm. a lot of people they black out when things like this happen and it didn't and like i probably went in and out of consciousness um for certain things like i don't have like like a complete recollection but i was starting to lose so much blood that my body goes into shock and it goes into survival mode like everything rushes to your vital organs, like you're trying to survive. Yep. That's, yep. I almost bled out. And um, like afterwards, I didn't wake up for a while. Like I didn't wake up for two weeks. And, and I woke up in ICU, I was damaged. I looked down, I was like, fuck, my leg's on. <laughs> like it was emotional. Mm -hmm. And and then it was just the building process from there. That's it. Like, like, um, once I got out of the hospital, I got a, a fitted with an amazing prosthetist. And I did actually have some people that like came and talked to me. Um, that had like reputations happen in traumatic ways. Um, and they went on to do sports. They showed me some of the technology and that's what I became obsessed with. I was like, oh, I can just get a leg. And I was a kid and I was like, I can rebound from this. And it was kind of like taking that experience and just not caring. It's like, okay, yes, this happened. This is me now. And you have no other like, option. This is, this is my, that's the thing. It's like, it's either you quit or you just keep going through uh, it. I got, I got a question. <laughs> did, did you ever, after that, like once you started going, like you said, yeah. you can't quit. Um, do you ever find yourself kind of like building up, building up as you were youth and then like kind of like falling and being like, and then kind of like stages in terms, like where you're at right now, I feel like you're yeah. extremely comfortable and, and yeah, I don't there think was, there is huge stages that I went through. Like, cause I was like, and I think back and that's why I was talking to uh, my girl last night about certain things. And like, I look back, like I was probably suffering from like post-traumatic stress syndrome in high school that I didn't even know about. Like mm. I just acted a certain way. I was kind of like an asshole and um but that was my way of dealing with it it's like I was fighting for my life at an early age and then I just kind of like became like a fighter I needed to fight for everything yeah so my uh, my my mind uh my mind goes to like so so when I was 13 I lost my mom so boom early 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 years boom traumatic yeah. experience and now I have to yeah. deal with it but looking back now 10 years 10 years later i'm like yo that set me up in a major way and i feel like i have a huge advantage on where it i does am sometimes. Now. so, so yeah. do, do you do you share that same like do you owe a lot to who you are today or what you've accomplished <laughs> due to that for, for yes and no 
um, because it's kind of like a crappy experience or like a crappy thing that happened to me or to any individual yep. that's gone through loss or tragedy um, that it's like, it's not like pleasant. No one wants it oh, to no, happen. No, 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 no. But like you learn how to process it in a way where you just need to continue living. Like life doesn't stop. That's right. Like, and that's what people need to realize sometimes. It's like life does not stop for you. It just keeps on going on. And you can be either deal with it and be a part of it, or you can cower it away and, and so look for people but, to yeah. feel empathy for Yeah. Well and you, you can. Like I yeah. No, I and some people say, do it different ways and that's the thing it's just strong right. mentality sometimes or and everyone that's the thing is everyone's different yeah well you can jump on on this but um like i'm i'm wondering if like you're thankful that because life's life's gonna hit you at some time in life no matter what we all know this is yeah, something something's 100%. gonna happen like <laughs> do you do you think it's better if it happens to you early so you so you recognize like oh shit this is the way it's going to be or so many people have talked to me is it better to wait till like... you're like 50 and then you have this like everything just crumbles down and what you thought life was isn't and now you're just like Ugh. i i think it just depends on your 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 mindset your mentality like i, I don't think i don't necessarily think think a traumatic event or a loss of somebody or somebody apparent leaving or something like that necessarily sets you up for success later on. I think it depends on how, like, obviously how you deal with it. Number one, you know, um, but like your, your overall perspective on life, I think whether it affects the way you think overall, generally, I think that will set you up for, um, you know, how, how to deal with something later on. Like, I think there's people that never have traumatic events happen to them in their life that, you know, maybe when they're 40 or 50, something happens and they still deal with it. Okay. Right. Where people don't because they live, maybe they live in a fairyland where they think everything in life is going to be beautiful and pleasantville and perfect. And then when it, when it's not, they're so shocked. They're so they crumble. They people crumble. crumble. They're looking yeah. around and they're just, why aren't you supporting me? Or why aren't you here for me? Whereas, whereas, like I said, when I, when Jackie said, like when we talked about the empathy where people look around there, they want everybody to feel empathetic for their situation and their, their life where at the end of the day, like Jackie said, at the start, it's you and your lane. And at the, it's, it's that it's your race. And at the end of the day, whether people feel empathy for you or not, that's not going to like, and like you said, Tristan, life is not going to slow down or feel any way for you. You, you just have so to I keep going. I need to go in. I have a good point on this. So like a big thing I actually did throughout my life is I grew up with like a big family. I have a big extended family as well. Like my parents split up when I was super young and um, my mom got with a guy later on in life and he already had a marriage previously. So it was like a blended family. And I learned how to talk to people and like live with other people extremely well. Um, but like everyone had to kind of focus on themselves and I was never treated differently in my family. I was still considered they're like, well, you have a prosthetic, you can go do this. Like, it doesn't matter. That's huge. Like, and my family never treated me differently. Um, I had a good group of friends growing up and they never treated me any differently. And then after a while, I almost hid it from people because I became so functional because I found out that when I told people about it, they would look at me differently and view me differently mm. because I had an amputation. They thought that I was different. And so I did hide it for years. Um, but then over time, I was just like, I don't care. Like, this is a part of me. This is who I am. And it's like, who are you to judge? <laughs> I, feel I like think that's that like, yeah. cares. <laughs> did, did, uh, what? Did did you find that like mentally burnt like a burden when you would hide it and and you know that like you're creating relationships without really kind of like I mean obviously it's your own your own story to to let people know yeah but like at the same time like if you're growing like a relationship with somebody and then you're like shit like I still haven't told them but I don't want to. Did you find that like ever like weighed on you? Not in like in in some like, friendships, it shocked people because they would hang out with people for a long time and they were like, "What?" 
and I would show them and they were like, yeah, I don't really think of you anything differently. Uh, in relationships with girls, sometimes like romantic relationships, it, I did run into an issue previously, but then I was like, well, if you can't accept me for who I am, like, I don't want to be right. with you anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so like, it, it definitely affected certain things, but mm-hmm. I remember I worked jobs before, like physical labor jobs, and um, the guys didn't know for like two months. Like, I think and then I, people... No, at it's Salties. They probably didn't even still know. Yeah, I would yeah, a lot of people didn't like, know. Oh, I have no idea. No. It's true. <laughs> a lot of people didn't know. Like when they found out, like maybe two months later, they come up to me. Tristan didn't say, I, I used to work at Salty's too. I'm not sure. But people would be like, <laughs> man, Jackie, Jackie has like a uh, prosthetic limb. I'm like, yeah. They'd be like, what? Like, no, he doesn't. I'm like, he it's does. Yeah. And they'd be like, they'd be tripping out. Like, because you wouldn't around, I don't want to say parading it, but like, again it comes back to like you know let people know or like maybe trying to get people to feel a certain way for you like that was not you you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like you showed up you're ready i always tried to do this thing where i wanted people and i think that people should do this more in life it's like talk to people like learn out like who the person is and if like you're compatible with that person then it's great um but like if you're judging someone based on like superficial things sometimes like like you the human beings can function with the limbs like you need your vital organs and like certain things that you can live a normal life not having limbs jackie and it's a it's a huge reason why i started undressed in jersey because i i went through like especially going to x will you can attest to this like the basketball team had a rep on campus as these certain guys like to avoid or like this that holds a certain personality and i knew like my first year before I even got to X, before I even moved into my red, before I even went to a class, like I was already labeled as a basketball guy. Be careful. So a yeah. big reason why it was undressed in Jersey. I was like, yo, I need stories are important because you can't judge someone before you know them. I, I don't want to leave the thought that I brought up about when you experience resilience and adversity and how you, uh, how you experience that and when you experience it. I think sports is a great place uh, to learn about adversity and resilience because it creates a safe environment environment to do that. Yeah, like you're a controlled you're, environment. It's I would a controlled say. in track anyway. Says, in in track, it's very controlled. Like yeah, you're doing a specific you, workout, failure, a specific time, your rest, competition. Everything. Like there's yeah. all these different things that might may or may not go your way, and you're starting to learn how to deal with those kind of things take us take us through like your journey through track and those like different different pieces of like tough specifically there was a lot because i didn't like i did sports growing up i was uh my first love in sport was baseball i was a baseball fanatic when i was a kid coming from boston to the boston red sox like the culture just like it's it's everything down there uh, right now, I actually stopped. Um, I liked Nomar Garcia Parra. Okay. I don't know if you guys know who he is. Tristan uh, has yeah. no idea. He's yeah. a shortstop. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sports uh, fanatic. So myself, he, so yeah. He so he, he was the, um, shortstop. Uh, the shortstop for the Boston yeah. Red Sox. Okay. And my Thank position you. playing playing when I was younger, uh, I had a strong arm. They were trying to teach me how to become a pitcher but I had no control. I was wild and I would throw it hard and I would just blow my arm up. So they actually trained me to play third base and I was an amazing back catcher. Uh, like I was quick reflexes involved in the game and stuff like that. I also played soccer goalie, like from an early age, I was a back catcher and I was goalie. So it plays into like my personality that I'm part of the game for everything, but I'm like, the protector the keeper the ball pretty much so so, um, so jackie the, the guy <laughs> the guy runs up to you in wolfville and says hey you need to come train with us yeah he what, really, you like, guys what, know this guy he's wild he's from switzerland he's a the most jolly goofy guy he had this so, like, so did he take I you to a, a shit team? eater train like was this a he, club team or what like what are you a so part of he he taught he teaches at uh, acadia university so this was in wolfville nova scotia i was running on the dikes uh, like the walking trails 
um, he discovered me. It's called Cherry Lane in Wolfville. If anyone knows that street uh, in Wolfville, but it goes down to the dike okay. uh, off like the main drag, like in behind the sports facility. Hey, you're talking to the of X guys, baby. So you're talking yeah, I know. You guys have nothing. nothing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so he um, took me to the track and he asked me to like meet him on a specific day and we just did a workout. And but for, for, to, for what team or, or like this is for Canada for team Canada. For Canada Par- yeah. He was like, he essentially was like trying to get me to try out for team Canada, but you, usually you would go through stages. So like, if like I ran sports uh, track in high school, but I just didn't have the coaching staff. I didn't have anything there and I didn't care. I didn't see a future in it. So like I gave up sports and I started working at a young age and I just mm-hmm. didn't care anymore. I was like, I'm not going to have a future in this. So like why put in the energy um, to continue on with it? I always worked out. Uh, I became like obsessed with just training and conditioning and stuff like that because I knew that I needed to stay physically strong throughout my whole life. It's like physical disability, stay physically strong, problem solved. And uh, so I like continuously trained. And that's actually when I started running a lot. Um, I followed like boxing. I like boxing and I did some boxing training when I was younger and, um, I used to follow guys and I would actually look at the coaches and the training aspects that they were doing. The guys always talked about, they'd wake up in the morning and they would run and it made Mm -hmm. you mentally tough. And then you would put in your bag work, do all this other stuff, um, lift weights as well, but like skipping and running will will and i will and i are huge like summertime of course yeah nova scotia sucks for running in the winter but um (laughs) start starting your day off with a run incredible um okay so you're working you're like screw track even though coach sees something in you and wants you on team canada but you're like no 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 no. but that this didn't happen until i was like older it happened when I was like 20, 21. I had already worked out in the oil patches in Alberta. I went to university. Um, and yeah, it was just in Wolfville. So how did you like get perfect time, perfect place? How, how did you, so get he trained, he started training me and he had ties to team Canada. He was a, uh, or he is a wheelchair athlete coach. He coaches this guy in the Valley, Ben Brown. Uh, he coaches a number of other athletes as well. Um, but he was a Dow middle distance guy. And he okay. also, um, he skied, he's from Switzerland. Um, he skied and he was like on the Switzerland national team, national track team, I believe. But he trained uh, for Dow and he was a middle distance guy. But he just saw potential in me. And uh, what, what was Team yeah. Canada? What was Team Canada like? Is this, did you, did, were you in any Olympics? Like when I hear Team Canada. I never actually went to the Olympics. Olympics. So I started primarily uh, like, I think it was like 2010, 2011. And I trained um, and I broke the 400 meter record and I ran a, I didn't run an A standard, I ran a B standard. But this was my first year of training like actively training for track and uh, I set the record it still hasn't been touched like since then I continuously broke it over the years but uh, no one's it's still standing and I was selected as an alternate to go to London and this is where like I didn't know anything about the track world and there's like kind of a little bit of politics in it as well but I was on the team I got kicked off the team I got into a alternate spot but they never sent me and then they were like, develop as an athlete, go to Rio. But I quit before Rio, and I can get into that if you like. <laughs> yeah, why? Why you're on? You're breaking records. You're getting. You're on national teams. Like why? Why are you throwing this all in the? Throwing it all. So away? why I ended up like getting out of it? Um, it it's a numbers game. So uh, this is where I was talking about. Uh, like I'm a single leg amputee. Mm-hmm. Um, so we competed against the bilateral amputees. So guys that were missing both their legs. So there's a lot of like really strong athletes that these guys would have uh, birth defects growing up where your tibia muscle, like the outside bone. Uh, I don't know. I haven't said that anymore. Uh, but like, so the bone on the outside of your foot doesn't develop and your foot doesn't fully develop at like an early age. And then they would amputate the foot so these guys have like perfectly fine legs. Some surgeon did it at a young age 
and their legs strengthen extremely strong. And then the carbon mm. fiber running blades, the technology had advanced, but it's running is all about like linear motion. Like you're going like forward and everything needs to be like your mechanics need to be like perfect when you actually want to like sprint. It's a lot to do with body mechanics. So like single leg guys fatigue differently than the double leg guys. And they were always faster. There's two different world records, but we were running the same race in the Paralympic world. And even if I would have went to Rio and like we continued training and I hit my target times that we planned on like training for, yeah. I would have came like seventh or eighth. And then it was a funding thing because I wouldn't have made any money because I wouldn't have been on the podium. They've since changed kind of the rules, but I was like, I'm not going to sacrifice everything for seventh place even though i would be first technically like if i was continuously training um like like the goal was to become number one and you sure. want to be on that podium it's like what drives you to do it but i just couldn't mentally do it i was like i'm not training for last place essentially <laughs> what like what was your what was your favorite part about like the team canada experience or like did you did you travel to any countries yeah. to compete and stuff? i did i traveled around the united states we would go down to the states a lot and train uh went to mexico i medaled at the pan am games and this is like probably my favorite uh memory i was talking to someone about this the other day kind of like preparing for this so it was my first ever 400 meter race. I actually false started. I ran a hundred and a 200 and I was so amped up and I didn't know all the rules about track and field. Um, they used to be able to have one false start okay. and they would reset and then they would go, but they changed the rule because guys would like use that false start to mess with other guys' minds. So it's ah. like you jump the gun and then you know that like you're gonna like the guys will like stutter step like out of the blocks or something mm -hmm. so they changed it that if you ever full started you just got a red card you're dq'd you're out of the race oh, it's like yeah so i didn't know about this and i was in um quebec so they flew me out to quebec and i went to go run this race there because i was meeting all the head national coaches and i fell out of the blocks in the 400 meter and they, they were like all sitting there watching me and they were saying very much. And um, the the official came over with a red card and stood in front of me, and I just stood there staring at this guy. My coach walked over, grabbed my arm, and dragged me off the track. Stop. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. I'm dead serious. This actually happened. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. He's like, you're DQ'd. And I was like, what? What do you mean I'm DQ'd? I don't He's understand like, how how start. they wouldn't how they wouldn't tell you this. They don't tell it, and the guy was speaking to me in French because it was at a French university. The whole track meet was a French meet, so I didn't know what he was saying to me. But he held the red card up in front of me, and he's like, "You're DQ'd." But, but, coach, wouldn't, but wouldn't like, your coach wouldn't your coach tell you of this rule change before like you even step foot on a plane? He thought I just knew. He just he just like I didn't know. Like he's just like he's like, "Go out there, do your thing. Just run hard, like you run. <laughs> like that's it." that's all i was like told to do Holy. is like set up in those blocks and just run it doesn't matter so um i learned that and i never false started ever again after that <laughs> my lesson of course. i was so angry but so i went to guadalajara this is the uh pan am games that happened in guadalajara 2011 and uh i threw javelin there i threw all right stuff like that but i actually meddled in the 400 meters and i was scared very scared competing it was like my major like first major games and I had like not like performance anxiety but like i was just scared i never competed in a big stadium before like i went and ran nationals and stuff like that but it's always a smaller venue it, but you and said it's not performance screaming it wasn't performance anxiety like my mind goes directly to oh what if i don't do well or what if i embarrass myself i never I never think of it like that because me and my coaches would always talk about if you're training and you're in shape, it doesn't matter. You did all the work previously. Competing is like, I don't know, just you showcasing it. But just I had never like experienced being in front of that crowd, like all eyes on you. I just didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I was scared, I had anxiety at the time I feel, doing I, I it. I feel what he's saying. I feel yeah. what he's saying.
Yeah, it's like going into like a big championship it, game. It's or like going like to the mental center for the first time. Compared yeah, to it's like you get like those. X. Yeah, it's like you get those butterflies. It's yep. not your home. It's not your home court or whatever. Yeah. Yep, it's yep. not my home track. It's like I felt uh, out of place pretty much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had, Yuli was there. Like um, I was training with Mike at the time, but Yuli was there for this. And I remember he came over and he was talking to me while you do your warm up, and then you go sit in a call room for a while. It's a very weird experience where you sit with I heard, competition. I heard about this. Um, I had Nina Kusharan, who's a, a D1 yeah. swimmer for Florida State okay. University. So she was yeah. teaching me. She was telling me all about like these meets and how I was like, yeah. "Tell me, tell me, like, give, give me." It's a whole process. Of- it's a whole process. So like, pretty much, you there's a specific time that you're gonna run at. Um, you need to warm yourself up and you need to be prepared to go at that time. So you get called, like if you're not there, if you don't check in, if you don't get your bib number, you don't race. If you miss that call time, you don't race. Like they don't care. It's that's, they're running the meet and you're falling into place. That's it. That's so and much different to, it from, is. from what Will and I it are. Is. are yep. um, Track is a very unique sport f- like Familiar that. with because, Will, yeah. like would you say like you can kind of coast on a team because you know like your teammates or your coach will kind of be like you, mean, you won't get left is. behind on a team. Coast. it is it is a very different thing coast between of, doing team sports like, and individual sports what sure. do you mean coast so like you, you like you don't have to be in charge of like where you need to be at this time like it's all laid out for oh, you. For like, sure. You, yeah, yeah. You, they give you, they like, well, especially at X, Coach K would give you like a breakdown on how everything would go time wise. Yeah. And even when people were running behind, there would always be like, yeah, like he'd guys always be like, we, we'll, we'll, try to, we'll try to wait 10, 15 minutes. But he, he at the same time, be like, okay, we're, we're not going to stay all day. That's right. That's no, right. No, if no. we have a, somewhere to be. But Jackie's saying it's definitely more an independent. Track is like that. Though, it is right? independent. Like it's, yeah, track is it's very super, different. The super coaches different. are there for a lot of the things, uh, but a lot of athletes uh, compete alone. They would go to meets, like they would train with their coach, yeah. and then they go to the meet, and you do it sometimes by yourself. Like mm-hmm. there's no one there, there's no support staff uh, for certain things. If you were going on Team Canada stuff, they have support staff there. Okay, like, that makes someone's sense. telling you like go warm up. Right now, if you're going to do this type of warm up, this is what time you need to be in the call room mm. because you just lose track of time. Mm. Like you're, you go into like your own little world uh, when you're competing okay. like this. Okay, but so so, so what happened? My coach, yeah, what happened? So my coach, um, he was talking to me because I he, he could tell that I was nervous. Like this guy, I trained with him. He knows me well, and he, knew, he could tell that I was like nervous. Mm. And uh, so I go, I'm sitting in the call room. And, uh, like there's guys like singing, everyone does their own little thing in there. I just sit there like stone cold dead to the world. I'm just in my own little world mentally preparing. And then, uh, you walk out, but you can't have headphones and you can't have anything in. Like you go out on the track, you put yourself into like a, like a laundry basket and you get it at the end of the race. Are, are, you, are like, people talking, out. talking shit to each other in these rooms? People do. Like- people do talk smack in there. And I remember people would always like try to yell at you. They try to like get in your head, but I was always just like, don't cold, like, yep. like just sit there. And I'm just like, my mind, I'm just like. I'm calming myself. It's like, it's almost like a meditation that I do. And uh, I remember walking out onto the track and it was my coach up in the crowd. He was just yelling at me, like screaming at the top of his lungs. And he just like looked at me and I just like gave him a thumbs up, gave him a little wink. And then he was like, oh, he's ready to go. (laughs) So that was it. And like, I went out in in the blocks and I actually ran a negative split. So I ran the first 200 meters uh slower than i ran the second so it was Mm. like a strength 400 meter run like like the proper way to run is you run the first 200 meters pretty much at like like 85 to 90 percent of like your max and then you hold on but i was so new it was my fourth ever 400 meter race that i ran a negative split because my coach told me to go out slower 
And then, because I was so well conditioned that I could run everyone down on the finish line. And that's what I did. I was in like last place and then I came third. Wow. I probably could have came second, but I was so new and nervous and stuff like that, that I just like, I didn't have my best race. I ran a pretty bad time, but I came third. Yeah. Okay. So I just, I love, like I told you before this even started, I love hearing like, I remember when I remember this. Oh, like, there's lots like, of memories. I could, I we, we we could go on forever, but just with wrapping up here, I want to ask you, like, Will's a huge advocate, obviously, with his brand of Top of the Food Chain, and like, yeah. just believing in like fitness and and training, and it how it affects your overall life after sports, and how yeah. important it is to human beings and health and taking care of your body. What, what are, what are ways that you do that now that you're, you're no longer running track? So I grew up in a very healthy family. Uh, like my mom was, uh, saved nutrition at a young age. She worked in a health food store called Bread and Circus, which became Whole Foods and then Amazon oh, bought wow. it out and stuff like that. But she ran a health food section in this grocery store. So I learned Excellent. all this stuff at a very young age. I was raised as like a vegetarian, we ate macrobiotic, like I learned nutrition at like a young age. Um, so I always learned like that was a key thing in life to always keep track of is what you put into your body is your fuel for your day, for your workout. Like So many athletes you can, struggle with that. You can, yeah, you can not work out and just eat healthy and have a pretty good physique and yep. feel healthy. That's the big thing. And um, I don't train as much as I used to anymore. Like growing up, I was like, I was a crazy person, like legit, like, fuck. I, I don't know if I swear, but no, I ahead. trained obsessively and in track, it translated. It's just like strong work ethic to do it. But like a lot of like lessons that I like learned at a young age, just translated into me being a track athlete naturally. Can you give us, can you give us and the, the people listening, like, I, uh, I'm getting close to, to beating Will's 5k, uh, record time PB. Yeah. So maybe, younger than Will, that's the thing. So, you so still maybe, got some time. <laughs> so, so maybe you can give him, give him like, uh, a track, a track workout or like a regiment that could help him improve his time or like, for, like, I don't know for, like what, you mean, you mean, help like Tristan? you mean help Tristan improve his time? Beat you? Once he hasn't beat you yet, um, running, running downhill. So, Okay, so the best thing that my coach taught me, uh, Mike, about training and is, is speed work. Um, it doesn't matter. Like, if you go out and sprint, think about this. So, like, I ran 400 meters. So, when we would, like, try to peak for a competition, we would only ever go out and run, like, 150 meters real hard. We, I had already put in the body of work um, to condition myself to run the full 400 meters. Um, we were focusing on form work and getting my body used to, uh, I called it the disgusting pace where you're running and you know that like, if you're pushing yourself too hard, you could throw up while running. Like it's like that gut check feeling like it's not pleasant. And uh, like, that's what you need to like be able to hit if you want to run faster times in anything. Like for distance, it's a little different because you need to put in a volume of work. Sure. Um, but for becoming faster, put in speed work. <laughs> That's it. So, so like Will, like uh, fast twitch. Uh, I, I owe this. I, I will give Will. I mean, I'm just joking with the whole whatever. Will's. No, it's good. I love. Reason. I but, love competition. Like yeah, friendly yeah. competition, it drives you to become better. This is like, well, what I was gonna say. You is, need it. <laughs> is one thing that really helped with my running and getting my time down was Will getting me to do um um uh, what are they called? I intervals or whatever. Yeah, you yeah, you would run one yeah. K and then rest for the same amount of time it took you to run we, that. that. That's what we do. Times. We do it we call it tempo running where we would yeah, run two hundred tempo, tempo um like I would run uh, 12 like 200 meters and i would have to run it under 30 seconds or whatever but you would try to hit a target you would almost try to hit the same time and you just teach your body to continuously run at that pace and you don't falter on the rest that's a huge thing so if you are really trying to get faster and do it it's like okay so you're going to run uh, 12 200s at between 27 and 28 seconds 
and you're only going to give yourself 30 seconds rest or a minute rest. When you hit that minute, you go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and you're training yourself mentally to just continuously go. Like it, it, you're like, no one's going to wait for you in a race. That's the thing. Like that was the mentality that my coach always tried to like instill with me is like, they don't care when that gun goes off you run or you're gonna lose <laughs> it's it's so uh it's it's it. <laughs> jackie when i first in high school i never really uh i didn't do track much like when i when yeah. i was younger i ran um yeah. i was thinking about this the other day tristan like you always say how competitive i am where i'm like i'm competitive but i've met like even comp- more competitive people when it comes to sports where you, you have know, a controlled competitiveness yeah yeah for sure yeah um but I, there's always, there's things that always stood out to me as like in my childhood, like, um, climbing up the ropes, like at, in, in elementary, yeah, like I, I would, I would always be like, I'd always be at the top. And then there's a kid a year or two younger that was better at it than me. And it always, it always pissed me off. And he like, he was a, he, he was, <laughs> like later on in life, he was a great athlete. Like he's a, he was yeah. very strong. He was a, his name was Theo um, Gardner. He was Michaela's brother. He was, he's just like a very good, strong athlete. And then I remember running. I was always one of the faster kids in the school. And then yeah. um, a kid, a kid beat me who, who was like, it's devastating. He, it's he devastating. wasn't even like, he, <laughs> he wasn't even a, a, like a crazy athlete at this point. Like he was just super fast and no one knew because he, he, at that point in life, like he wasn't one of the, popular kids in school but he was fast as shit and it just it was my brother it, it just my stood brother out. was fast it stood out to me <laughs> and then i remember in, in high school i i started doing because my when my mom remarried i stopped doing like sprinting stuff and i started doing my stepdad was distance. in long distance so i'd always yeah. as a child go on these like 8k runs or and i like you just do it because you're a child and your parents put you in yeah. it but as i got older i didn't enjoy it as much and when i went back into high school track um i ran one 400 i went to showed up to one one uh you probably couple, would be a really good forerunner but, but you listen, probably would be a, you listen, would puke <laughs> listen i'm running against like Brad, brandy day out. who was like a, a great track athlete and yeah. we were doing a 400 and i didn't had no idea about technique or anything tristan is hilarious Jack, jackie was just talking about this feeling right so I'm, i i i start off the 400 yeah. flying like flying like I'm the only out out. of everybody. Like I would have smoked you at 300 meters. I would have smoked you because you would have died. My my legs start. I, I don't know. Jackie's definitely felt this. Tristan, you've probably never felt like this, but like my legs literally start to feel like concrete. Like it actually feels like cement acid, is yeah. All right. it starting is. to pour into your to body. You. I'll explain this. And to I just you. stopped. So I, I shut down, and he just flew so by me. I, I don't even think I finished. You. I don't even think that's I finished. That's what I used to do. So running the 400 meter is a tactical sprint. It's like running the 100 and the 200, you don't really think. It's like you go and you can push yourself completely hard. Like the human body can only actually like give its like maximum output for so long. Yeah. 300 meters is actually the best track event to watch. You watch strong two runners and strong four runners run it. Right. And whoever can run like the three is actually like, it's kind of like the best thing. I like to guide Damian Warner, um, US athlete. Um, he was a strong four runner. He had like, he was like tall, skinny dude that just, he was built for the 400 meters. And uh, I used to always watch him. He was a really strong uh, three, three runner. He was the world championship for a while. The four. Anyways, um, you can't run 400 meters like at your maximum speed without like it's not possible like people say that they can do it but they're not actually running their fastest Mm. you need to think it out like to run it you come out of the blocks hard you need to get your speed up so you still do like a drive phase out because you want the shortest distance to get to your top speed Mm -hmm. and then you get into like your upright running style where you're just holding on to i call it the disgusting feeling there was a lot of other names that were used but you just hold a pace that you can't really hold and and then there was like i had mental cues that i would think because i wouldn't think about anything i would completely clear my mind when i actually like competed and it's just distance markers so like going into the last curve you start hitting it real like real hard but there's like 
like things you could do with your upper body as well to make sure that your legs are going to like do the exact same thing. But it's like you go real small with your inside arm and real big with your outside arm, which makes you, it's called centrifugal force. force yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you get thrown around the track and um, you don't, you can't do it. Uh, you kind of can do it. Anyways, uh, you just hit that last 100, uh, like 150 meters. And once you come onto that last straight stretch, you go to pure form work. Like your body can't maintain sure. that speed. A lot of so it's like you're pumping with your arms. You make sure to keep everything tight, everything uniform. And it's like you're just running and your legs should follow it. But you think high knees, high arms. Sure. And like you go through the line. And I used to always like chasing people down right at the finish line. Because it is. It's demoralizing to the other person. <laughs> and the thing is, you can't re-kick. On the 400 meters, some guys can do it, but like when you give out that last burst of energy at the end, it's like you can't re-kick it. It's called like the finishing kick of the race. It's like if you're giving it everything that you have and the last like 50, 60 meters, if you get past, you're probably going to lose. It's like you can't like give it more energy. Gotcha. Like there's no more energy. Your body is depleted. You finish that finish line. And like you might be able to wait an hour and then run a repeat, mm -hmm. but it's only one time. Like this, we would run heats and stuff like that, but like for the actual races, it's like mm -hmm. one and done. That's it. <laughs> this, this is this is killing me because I'm I'm on day eight of quarantine. And I just want to go. Yeah. It's a nice I'm, day out today. It gets you I'm, fired up. I used to love talking to people about stuff because it would fire me up to go and like I'm, you run stronger. Because that running well? also is like a mentality so, thing. It is. It's 100%. like it's you, think, you think Will, about yeah, things. Will, Will has good, good thoughts on that. I'm just, looking yeah. at, I'm just looking at everything Jackie says, and Tristan's like a sponge trying to figure out how. I try to say it. <laughs> small, small also, circles, baby. Uh, small circles. I'll tell you. I'll tell you I'm off also, camera. I'm also weak. I'll, I'm also, I'll, give you some tips. I'll give you tips off camera afterwards I'm, if you I'm really also, want to beat them. I'm also <laughs> laughing because uh, – <laughs> when we were running in the summer it's it's interesting how jackie says like you you initially the 400 you start off with a little kick right you, you get your yeah. speed up when you Trish I, when Trish and i were running fives in the summer he would I always get out. out of the house he'd be like he'd be like he'd be like uh, i gotta go warm up you're not gonna warm up and i'd be like i'm i'm just gonna chill in the house yeah. and like the way i would run is he'd like go around the block for a bit like get his rate going a little bit yeah. higher and yeah. i i would just like walk out of the house we'd, we'd cross the street we'd wait for the green light and, and you go and we'd start you guys run, run a route and, uh, run a route. but yeah. Tristan would always complain that i would start my runs off too fast and he would even look down at his his pace and he'd be like this pace is is way way faster than i usually mm. start it's unattainable or whatever for, yeah. for, for for him yeah but listen to you it's like for me it's like i'm the same like I understand that first, the first minute, first two minutes, it's going to be tough regardless with your, your oxygen. It's not fun. It's, 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 not getting, fun. <laughs> it's getting your lungs pumping your oxygen. So this is another rate. thing that I um, always point out to people too. Um, it becomes almost like automation where like if you can get into a good like running rhythm, it's, a lot of people run with music. Yeah. Like I used to run with music, but whenever I was actually running the body of the workout like the specific distances i would take my headphones out because i would compete you weren't allowed to listen to music you could have nothing in yeah, your ears so I, and my mom was a runner when i was younger she ran distance um but she said listen to your breathing because yeah. that is the most important thing oh. when you're doing it if you want to become a strong strong runner you need to listen to your breaths mm. and if you look at track coaches talk about things like when Usain Bolt ran the 100 meters, he only breathes 11 breaths, I think it was. Like you do a huge inhale. It's almost like doing a big squat when you're coming out of the blocks yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but you're exhaling, you're letting it out, and you take like three or four steps before you can take a breath. Yeah. And so when you're running distance, you're using different energy systems. Like you're using your um, aerobic system. So you need like oxygen in your lungs to keep everything pumping. Yeah. Sprinting um, for the 100 and the 200, you're using your anaerobic system. You're not really breathing. It's like muscles firing. Yeah. Uh, 400 meters is a cross. Between yeah. it. So you need to be a anaerobic and an aerobic uh, 
Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. I yeah, I I'm like Will said, I'm just sitting here like I love this stuff. I just wanna learn, learn, yeah. learn, learn, learn. Um, but I think that's a good good place to wrap this up. Um yeah. before before we hopped on again, Jackie, you said um the the irony between someone saying like if if you're in a dark deep place it, it sometimes refer to someone like oh he's a train wreck and it's fine it's not funny yeah it's funny legit. That, like, <laughs> no, i said you were legit uh, in a train uh, wreck i but, was in a train accident it's like literally and figuratively that's right hey someone looks like a train wreck <laughs> and, and so <laughs> like i and I do weird things before these calls just to try to get me in the right state of mind. But today specifically, yeah, I was that's listening, good. You're mentally prepared. I, I was listening yeah. to Joe Rogan and a big thing that he's an advocate of is he, he always talks about, he loves hearing success stories and he, and he loves that. But what he loves yeah. even more is seeing someone in a deep, dark dungeon, like literally being a train wreck and turning their life around. And I'm just happy to yeah. be able to have had you on here because you're a living, breathing example of someone who could have literally died and life being been yeah, over before I, it even started. I, I'm still surprised that I did. Yeah. So like for, <laughs> I still laugh about for you to come on here and, and that's the thing, share I'm those positive stories about is great. That. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I love that. Will, yeah. any, any uh, closing remarks? I got a question. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah what's up? So I, it kind of ties into what Tristan's been kind of getting at. Jackie, uh, we've obviously worked together and we talked about a lot of shit at work over, yeah. over the year or two. And, yeah. um, you spoke about how at a point you just like running, you, you were tired of it. You, you, you stopped, you stopped running, you got like yeah. sick of it. And even, yeah. even in the last year to two years, you've gone through phases of being like, I don't know, maybe like not as mentally healthy or, or physically healthy. Yeah to, the, yeah to the point where recently i reached out to you because you you posted a picture and you were like looking like you're back in great yeah. shape and yeah. um I, i'm just wondering like how, how you got to that point and 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 what's gotten you back on track to like kind of i don't want to say like you're back to your your paralympic training no no, no and that's the thing and i probably will never get back to that fitness that i like was in um at that age um you just seem like clearer to me you just seem like i feel more clear like mentally like i'm not drinking i do smoke a little bit like uh, uh -huh. weed and cigarettes yeah. and i'm trying to kick cigarettes completely out of my life um but i don't know like um i think it was with this whole covid thing i spent like i used to i was a strong runner because i like I always felt like maybe I was running from something. My mom used to always say this thing to me um, that you, it doesn't matter where you are, there you are. So it's like, you can't run from your own feelings. You can't run from yourself. So I think a lot of people had to like, think more about what they were doing with their lives. They reflected a lot more over like COVID. And I, as a young like person growing up, I always said that like physical disability become physically strong. But like emotionally and mentally, mm. I struggled with a lot of things. I do suffer from a little bit of anxiety. I definitely have gone through periods of time of depression in my life. Um, like I mental health issues have been like a problem in my life. And I feel like I actually went into some therapy. I did like a therapy session nice over uh, quarantine and I cleared up a lot of like my my own like issues with like some of my stuff like is from like early in my childhood um like I didn't grow up like for sure like, I didn't grow up wealthy I kind of like my parents split when I was super young so I kind of like got into all that stuff but I just realized that like you build off all that stuff like I am very comfortable where I am in my life now like with myself with my body with everything like that um and yeah, I'm just like happy. I feel happier now. Um, I'm, like I'm, I'm surrounding glad. myself with people that like, just I enjoy spending time with them. I found interesting things that I like to do. And yeah, and I think that that's what people should strive more towards. I'm, I'm glad you, you shared that. Yeah. Will. Thanks, thanks for throwing that last question in there because we're, we're slowly seeing an, a, a change in that direction of opening up and, and you know, 
emphasizing the importance of talking about and going to therapy and, and focusing on your thoughts and, and everything with, with the likes yeah. of uh, pro athletes starting to talk about it. I, you know, I try to do a little bit of it uh, here. Um, it's, it's so important. And j- just like your physical health is important and working out and all that. It's both. Your, you need to mental- train your body and your mind. Yeah. And it's like influencing like, if you have problems with your body, it affects your mind sometimes. Like yep. you're not capable, you're not able to do things. So it creates anxieties in people. You don't think about it all the time, but it's like, I noticed things like throughout my life, I would avoid doing certain things mm. um, because of my leg. Like I didn't want to do certain things. And I would just, it's like, you almost like create an excuse, but really there's no excuse. It's like, you just have to mm. do things a little bit differently. Like, what is the excuse? It's like, I can't bend my ankle. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I can't do. I, I, find it, I find it very interesting. Um, like Tristan, you always talk about like the, the, the talk about mental health and how it's kind of like you're soft or missing a game because you have yeah. a concussion or something. But it's interesting how you say like over quarantine, you had a therapy session where it's like, there's such a yeah. stigma, especially within men that yeah. it's it's always so interesting it's like oh you got a personal trainer that's great he's going to help you build your body yeah. and then you yeah. go see a therapist and it's like bro like what are you doing like you're going to you're going to you're going to build your you're going you're gonna to build your mind how is mm-hmm. that a negative you know but it's just so weird the stigma around therapy compared to personal training whereas like one that's is building thing, your though. body and one is building your mind yeah. yep. you need to be to become a, like a strong individual and it is it's like people have like mental illness, there's a huge stigma with it. And it's like, it's affected my family. So my dad has some mental health problems. He was a Marine in the United States and he did active tours in Vietnam. And uh, he suffers from mental health problems. There's other members in my family that suffer from mental health problems as well. And um, it's just like, I realized that I would essentially compartmentalize a lot of things in my mind. And I used to use physical outlets. But when I was younger, I used to fist fight with people. And then um, like I almost learned how to like talk with my hands instead of my words. And I felt weak after a while. Like I did not feel strong like uh, being able to like beat someone up or something like that. When I was younger, I was like, Oh, I'm the man, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, over time, I realized that like the person that walks away and like can like like live with that is the stronger person. Yeah. Again, it's so important to have <laughs> these conversations. Like, yes, th- this yeah. this is why I like doing what Undress the Jersey is doing, why I like being a part of top of the food chain, because these conversations matter. And for, for you yeah. to be so open to it, like just thank you. I think. Well, it's been a while, and <laughs> I'm now 31, so it took me a long time to kind of open up about it. But I always say it's better uh, late than never. That's right, Jackie. <laughs> yeah. We did it. That's uh, that's episode. Awesome. You, you're now you need you're now much. part of Undressed in Jersey's uh, community. Uh, <laughs> so, my man, uh, thank it's you very been a much. Pleasure. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you updated uh, you guys. with everything here. Yeah. Uh, and we're out signing off make sure to like comment subscribe to your boy yeah yeah (laughs) jersey top of the food chain all right all right jack take care man okay bye (laughs) my name is jackie marciano i am a former paralympic track and field sprinter and you were just watching undress the jersey